Hello, hello, and welcome to Unedited Chats. It is Wednesday morning here, and it's beautiful outside. Pepper, is it beautiful in Topeka? You know, I don't know yet. Oh, it's absolutely <laughs> oh, no. beautiful. It's just like this perfect spring morning. And in fact, when I pulled into the church, as I was coming down the street, I could see that there was a little boy playing basketball in the churchyard before school started and he got nervous when I pulled in. I knew he would and I was like cautiously pulling in and I was like Lord don't let him get nervous I want him to stay and play because it just like added to the feeling of the spring vibe that there was a, a little boy playing he wasn't that little I don't know why I'm calling it. he was probably middle school but I, I got out and he started to like edge toward the sidewalk and I was like you're fine please keep playing and he's like really and I was like yes please keep playing it's a sign for me it's a sign of life and a sign of play keep playing and then he goes would you mind telling me the time and I was like it's spring <laughs> nothing if not dramatic. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we have switched gears like we've announced a couple different times from our what our schedule dictated into what the spirit of the Lord is dictating and for a good purpose. Um, where it is that, that God is taking all of us. And I think this is like universal. If I can use that word, it's global that we he is taking us in to, to occupy land, to to have dominion, to subdue, you know, the thing he said to do in the first place. Yeah. And um, but the thing is, is like we still have that fallen mentality, that mentality of woe is me, you know, nothing, nothing good comes out of Junction City, you know, <laughs> that <laughs> we have that mentality still. And and he's not about to take his bride into a land to be beat right? Like he, he is about victory at, at every step. And so we are in a sound mind series right now. I, I feel silly even calling it a series because I feel like it's an encounter. We are in a sound mind encounter. And if you feel like you're up against um, the devil's best, then I think you're in the right place. <laughs> hold your ground um so anyway um join us in this journey this encounter of of the transformation of our minds in this this sound mind encounter that that we're under and, and this is what i felt like god told me in the very beginning like a couple of weeks ago he was just like um telling me like i will have a bride that has a sound mind and um like no more of you know thinking one thing and saying another like this double mindedness has to go like yeah. he is after our minds right now the battleground is in the mind right now and he he the lord is fighting for territory and it's in our minds and and we need to relent you know we need to just allow him to come in and and do what it is that he wants to do and will it be painful at times? I think so. I think that there are some things that we hold tightly to that um, that the Lord is wanting to shift and change and transform that is probably going to blow our minds. We're probably going to be like, oh, wait, <laughs> I thought that one was good. And um, because, and we've stated this before, there's a big difference between good and God and where he's taking us. We need an upgrade. We need a better understanding of his kingdom if we're going to be able to actually hold land. 
And um, so that, that that's my big introduction to today's conversation. We have no idea where this is going to go. <laughs> We're just going to point our name again and call it unedited. Good morning, Anne-Marie. Good morning, Lisa. And Wakibi, is that how you say your name? I'm very curious. Um, welcome to, to our Wednesday broadcast. All right. Who wants to take over from here? Who wants the baton? <laughs> Uh, I can I can uh, get going here. Uh, you know, we we posted that uh, 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 the the graphic yesterday with the the brain, which I love. And uh, you had uh, uh, put a verse in there, Isaiah twenty six three, and so I, I just kind of started there. And, in and the just, King James, yeah, in the King James, which. <laughs> really threw me off. So anyways, I went looked at it in a whole bunch of different translations. The idea was that it would force you to actually have to go to Isaiah. <laughs> that wasn't the plan. Well, it did. So I went and looked at it in a bunch of different translations. The New American Standard says, uh, the steadfast of your mind will keep you in perfect peace because he trusts in you. The message, people with their minds set on you, you keep completely whole steady on their feet because they keep at it and don't quit. And you just mentioned, hold your ground. Mm. That's something you you just said. And it's so fitting along with that verse uh, because there's a level of persistence described uh, in that, in that verse. And and you can pull it out in in all the different translations, uh, uh, persistence with those whose minds are set on God and uh, those who are steadfast and, and, or, or resolute to follow the lead of God and, and where it is that he's, he's taking us or taking you. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's somewhat impossible to, to follow after him if you can't see him, if you can't hear what he's telling you to, to speak or, or see what he's uh, uh, doing because, you know, we want to do what we see the Father doing, right. say what we hear him saying. And, and we need a sound mind for that. And if we are not focused on him, if we aren't persistent in our pursuit of him, if we aren't uh, steadfast and, and resolute in holding our ground, holding the line of no compromise, then it, it's going to be difficult to get there. You know, that that unsound mind is just not going to get there and, and it's going to be very difficult. So um, th- this is for me, this is a place where uh, we need to evaluate the noise that's in our lives and, and and look at the the things that are distracting our attention from Jesus and, and not in some uh, uh, legalistic uh, standard of evaluation that says, oh, this this thing isn't good for a Christian. Uh, that That's not what I'm talking about. This is that personal heart evaluation uh, that leads to connecting with Jesus, that um, strengthens your mind and ultimately enriches the, the entire body of Christ. That's really what I'm talking about. When I say evaluating this noise, um, we, we need to have that persistent pursuit of Christ and, and, and just know that that is met with an anticipation on his part to answer that knock and answer that, that banging on the door to say, I, I'm here. I, I want to know more. I, I want to go deeper with you. Uh, that's met with anticipation by him to open the door to, to bring about more revelation and, and really uh, uh, 
in, in my view, a byproduct of that is the sound mind. Yeah. Yeah. Pepper. You know, um, when you were talking about Vince, the, the, the confusion and the noise, a scripture dropped into my mind and I was just looking it up on my phone, but it, it, it happens to be Isaiah too, you know, and God gave me another scripture that I'll share, you know, at some point about Isaiah, but this is, uh, uh, Isaiah, and I looked it up in the King James because I'm an oldie, so I have to start there because I have a King James mind. <laughs> so God talks King James to me, and then I translate. It. Oh my gosh, I love that! <laughs> so that's my starting point, and then I get look it up somewhere else. <laughs> so I have to start King James, I can't help it. <laughs> I love it. Like, so I hear some of the modern versions and I really like them. I have to find that word that, oh, I know what that is. <laughs> See, I like the, the opposite. We're, we're just far enough in age <laughs> that, that there were many translations out <laughs> by the time I was introduced to the Bible. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like a foreign language. <laughs> but I, I really don't mind the way King James says this, this is Isaiah 9, 5 Mm -hmm. for, you know, and I was talking to you guys this morning about how God was telling me, why are you acting shocked? Expect the battle. Did, Did I, have I not been saying that this is a season of war? I didn't say this is peacetime. If it was peacetime, then I'd have to evaluate, why is the devil, where all, where's all this coming from? But then when we encounter war, we're acting like, oh, I've had so much, expect it, have a plan for it. <laughs> Quit acting shocked because you're in a military during wartime and you're having war. <laughs> but uh, when Vince, you were talking about the confusion and the noise, here's what Isaiah 9, 5 says. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood. You know, every battle of the warrior brings confusion of noise. Wow. You should expect some kind of, uh, you know, bloodshed, some kind of injury, I, you know. So um, I love how you brought that out because it says every battle, not some battles. So every battle that we encounter, there's going to be that confusion of the mind that tries to come at you. And so for a couple weeks now, how God has been helping me is having me to look at my mind like a city, Mm. like a medieval city. And you know how they had their cities walled in and they had gates and they had people that had to be at those gates. And so um, last night God gave me another scripture in Isaiah, but I didn't, I didn't really fully understand it. So I'd like to share this commentary with you. I found, but um, let me first give you what the scripture is. The scripture is Isaiah 28, six. Um, and it says for a spirit of justice to him who sits in judgment. And this is the part God really wanted me to key on. And for strength for those who turn back the battle at the gate. And I knew that he was trying to get me to focus on the mind, but I couldn't pull out and understand. So I went to find some commentary because I know the gate is the mind, you know, that's one of the gates. So I found this, this says Barnes, uh, 
commentary. Uh, and it says, and for strength to them that turn the battle to the gate, that is to the very gate of their enemies, who not only repel their foes from their own city, but who drive them even to the gates of their own cities and besiege them. And then he, he gives a follow-up verse in Second uh, Samuel eleven twenty three, and it says, And we were upon them even unto the entering of the gate. That is, we drove them back unto their own gates. Hmm. So with that, God was telling me, you know, positionally, we know that we are more than conquerors. We know that positionally. Right. But experientially, we have to walk that out. So what I was getting out of that, that I feel like God is saying, yes, you've had a season of being a conqueror. And that's who you are. That's where you stand. But I want you to come into the season of being more than a conqueror. Mm. I don't want you to be satisfied with just guarding the gate and you kept some enemies out. Not only do you stand the ground and guard the gate, push them clear back into their own gates and then begin to take that territory. Yeah. You know, don't be satisfied with just, you know, oh, oh, you know, I thrive. I survived. He wants us to come into a season, season of thriving. And so I really felt like that's what he was saying. You've been a conqueror. Now let's be more than a conqueror. Yeah. Quit being satisfied with breakthrough. Quit mm -hmm. being satisfied with breakthrough. Breakthrough yeah. is just the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Vince, would you break that down for us? I know that, that, that there is military speak that, that yeah. will actually help us understand that a little yeah. bit better, that the difference between the breakthrough and the victory. Yeah. So I, I've got a lot of thoughts here uh, as you were talking and you're talking about the, the confusion in the battle. And, you know, there's there's always that uh, what we've heard is described as fog of war, you know, and, okay. and, and this is why when, when God is speaking to you about having a strategy, expecting this conflict, you know, uh, you, you should expect it. So have a strategy, have a plan. Right. And, and it's, it's very important to understand that um, having the plan and knowing the plan is the basis for it. And what we always said in the army uh, is the enemy gets a vote. So the, the plan is great until the first bullets start flying. And then you find out how, People around you are going to react uh, because everybody reacts different in a gunfight, and mm -hmm. uh, and not everybody has the same response to continue to immediately push forward, immediately uh, continue to move because you can't become stationary because uh, you don't want to be a stationary target. You want to continue to move, and so knowing the plan is what you need to do because it gives everybody uh, uh, the base to start from. It it, it let you know this is uh, the intent we're going after. This is this is what we're actually doing right now. So we have that as the base, and then we can adjust off of that. And uh, uh, because there are these uh, attacks that are going to come up, and and the opposition we've been uh, speaking about this week, and that we talked about a lot on uh, Sunday, is going to try to get you to move in a certain direction. It's going to try to funnel you to where it wants you to go. But that's that is we know. Uh, um, not where we want to be because we know that that is, is uh, a, a, not a place of victory for us. 
uh, is where the opposition is trying to funnel you. So uh, just knowing that you have a strategy and you have a way to adjust from there and, and be able to say, okay, I still know this is the intent. This is still what we're going after. This is still what we're doing, the mission we are on right now. Uh, but I need to I need to be able to adjust uh, the the strategy that we're using, but we have a base of what it is we're going after. And so starting with a, a plan is, is where we need to be. We need to have that as something that backs everybody up and everybody needs to really uh, know it and, and understand it. And you can point to wars in the natural and, and be able to uh, study them and, and read the after action reports of what happened and see that that was the, the, uh, catalyst to keep uh, the the battle moving forward uh, and and to ultimately bring victory is everybody knew what their their mission was everybody knew the plan very well but in in the initial execution things went wrong the enemy got their vote and there had to be an adjustment made and people had to, to come together with with others that they didn't train with and continue to move forward and so that that's where uh, you know, like you talked about, Pepper, uh, having that strategy, knowing that things are going to come up, it, it's going to it's going to be able to help you to continue to move forward. It is it is starting with uh, the sound mind and not allowing that opposition to uh, peel it back from you and, and pull it away from you. Uh, you also talked about guarding the gates and and repelling and not letting that be the victory. But then transition from from defense into offense and go on a pursuit mission and then pursue to to finish off that enemy that is is trying to come against you. And and that's where you transition from a conqueror to more than a conqueror. You don't take uh, the repelling of the enemy and the defense of the city as the victory. The victory comes beyond that because now you transition into pursuit. That's good. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, that's heavy. <laughs> wow. It, it, it is. And, and I think that, that because we are those who uh, pride ourselves in being filled with the spirit and being spirit led that, that we somewhat reject the plan, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we uh, honestly, foolishly, we reject the idea of a plan thinking that it all needs to be by the seat of our pants. And, and that's, the, that, that's lacking wisdom. We need that. We need the wisdom that the spirit brings also, and not just the goosebumps. And um, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, really, we, we mostly, mm-hmm. especially in, in our American culture, we thrive off the encounter that blesses and, mm-hmm. um, or that we at least consume as a blessing. And, mm-hmm. and, and we need the, the work, the workout uh, of wisdom in there also. And, and that's where the, the plan is implemented, having the plan to lean into and, also knowing how to follow the leading of the spirit <laughs> right. so when the enemy does have his vote. And I love that concept I, because it's true. And, and when we, when we take that away, when we take that off the table, we're beat before the war began mm-hmm. and, um, and thinking that, you know, it's just going to be a, an easy, an easy thing. And, and it is at the same time, to, there's, there's things that we have to keep locked in is that the victory has already won. And and I said this on Sunday, and I think that we need to say a hundred thousand more times until we actually get it, that the victory 
has already been won. And God is using us as the ambassadors of his victorious stance to put his win on display. Mm-hmm. It's happening in, in the physical realm now where he is saying like, it's already been won, but you have to do it, you know, yeah. like put it yeah. on display. God is like, this is okay. I'm, I'm going to take us into an area that wasn't sure I was going to go, but I think it's important that we actually use things that, um, that are happening in real time for us. So, um, Vince and I work at a salon and I saw that Robin was on. So good morning, Robin. I'm going to talk about your salon. Robin is a salon <laughs> owner <laughs> and, and we have been going through, um, a, a, a transition time, so to speak. And I think that, the, that it's happening, happened first in, in a spiritual sense where we had to go in and implement change spiritually first. And there was a, a knee jerk reaction to want to, um, to, to give in, to give way and not stand that we knew that we knew, you know what I'm talking about? That we had to stand, that we could not give up any ground that the Lord had taken in, in, in the days prior. And, and when we did, there was nothing but thrashing about and, you know, <laughs> all the things the scripture lays out. I mean, it was, it would, the enemy had a vote. I, I, we could definitely look at it and say the enemy had a vote in this. And, and let's just say that, that there were, there were people that were partnered with the squatters, if you will, in this industry, because they, they have been occupying this land for so long. They're not going to give it up. They've, they've worked mm-hmm. to occupy this land. They're not just going to mm-hmm. give it up. They have to be reminded of their defeat at every turn. And so God was showing me, and this was just fresh this morning. He was just showing me, he's like, and this is simply what he said, when are you going to learn? This isn't about you. This is about me. Every reaction that you have experienced from these people who are representing the, the, that spiritual dynamic of the land being um, transitioned and, and, and reoccupied by the kingdom, when are you going to learn that it's not about you? It's about me. That reaction was about me, not you. And, mm-hmm. and I internalized it. And, and some of the accusations were as simple as you are not hospitable. And, and I'm going to be really blatant and say that. The inhospitality that that was being railed against us had everything to do with homosexuality. And I said to the Lord, we never once took a stance against homosexuality out loud. Mm -hmm. And he's like, this is what I'm talking about, Angie. It is not about you. I am dwelling within you. I take a stance in you. The spirit realm feels the effects of me coming in and occupying land. I take a stance against things. And whether you give voice to it or not, the spirit realm feels my stance. When are you going to know who I am? You know what I'm saying? It's like he is being so bold right now. And, and, you know, it takes me back to that night in Topeka at Pepper's house where God was like talking to us about fanfare and wanting a parade and and all of this stuff. And and, I mean, it was just hilarious to me. And, And honestly, that had a lot to do with the homosexual agenda. And I have never talked about this publicly. It's feeling a little eerie for me. Um, <laughs> it was it was during Pride parades here in our area, and, and here Jesus is like, "I want a parade. Come Put on. me out front. Yeah. I want to stand here. Aren't I deserving?" And yes. so he is putting himself on display without us even knowing it because our ego is still fully occupying our mind, right? And we still mm-hmm. think that it's about us. But he's like, "It's about me." 
Of course I'm going to make homosexuality feel uncomfortable in my presence. Come on. I didn't make you that way. Yes. And then he goes even further because the other thing that's been railed against us is somehow we're laundering money. So <laughs> here's, <laughs> I should probably like lay this out a little bit better. Um, so Vince and I are, are essentially managing a salon. Um, and, um, and Robin is our worship leader at our church. So, so we, the three of us run a church or a ministry and Robin is our worship leader. And then Robin owns a salon and Vince and I are managing <laughs> There's like this whole thing where you probably couldn't find the dividing line if you tried. Try. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so one of the things that's being railed against us and you know it's totally illegitimate but um is that we are that the salon is laundering money through the church and you know one could easily just say what money you know <laughs> but then this is where jesus is also going like i want you to understand every accusation this is where we have to understand that opposition is a co-worker right Opposition is is partnered with us if we will look at it rightly, if we will allow him to wash our minds, if we will allow the Christ mind to take over, right? Then we will see things more clearly. And he's like, I am laundering money from the salon to the church because the church, the ecclesia was made to be a lender to the nations. I am cleaning money right now. And, and so I'm just like, I don't have a hanky, but I have one handy. Wave it. (laughs) See? So it's like, so what if the enemy gets a vote? So what? So what if the enemy gets a vote? His vote doesn't count. Come on. His vote doesn't count. And the thing is, is it's like, it's like it's trying to take a, a vote from you know honestly we could get into this but i don't want to a, a vote that has no you know credentials this is why it's so important to have eyes that see to yes. be to be looking into the spiritual realm first rather than what we see in the natural yeah, uh, yeah. otherwise we're going to get caught up with with what we see and get distracted and make opposition our partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The Lord is taking a stance against things that never, ever, ever, he never intended for us, for our good. Not because he doesn't like people. Because he loves people. Because he loves people. And it's his kindness. And I just don't think we understand this scripture either, where it says that it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. We, we, we look at that and we're like, oh, it's a hug. No! He's ripping people out of their lifestyle that is harming them, that is killing them. It's after the mind right now. Yes, Anne-Marie. Yes, we are. We are we're called to love. And the thing is, it's like, are we expressing love to its fullest? We're not. 
when, when I when I am very aware of somebody's sin condition, and I am just trying to love them into rightness, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. We're just coddling sin. And it's it, it that actually takes me back to um to our, our bird encounter um here at the church. We we had um a bat in in one of the trees and um we also had a blue jay that was picking on the bat in the tree and like really picking on the the bat. And um and this had happened over a, a period of several days. It was like every time I came down here, this dang blue jay is picking on the bat and always in the middle of the day. And, um, and then the last time, um, the, the blue jay had the bat out of the tree and was just pecking at it on the, on the ground. And, and I was so mad at the dang blue jay, just so mad at the dang blue jay. And then the Lord very clearly said to me, why are you coddling the darkness? And I think that that's what we do because our minds aren't right. Mm -hmm. We're so afraid of being seen as those who stand against humanity, as rejecting humanity, that really is what we're doing is we are rejecting the Lord. And also, Angie, I think it's what you said when you use the example of the accusations. See, that that is the first accusation that gets railed at Christians when you stand for truth is you don't love. Yeah. You don't love, you know. And we don't want that accusation. We want to be seen as, yes, we love, we love. So we don't want that reputation that's been put on us that says you don't love. Because if you loved you'd accept anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, God's clearing things out right now. And, and I think that if we don't have our minds and our hearts, right, we are going to falter into an orphan mentality and think that, Oh, nothing ever goes good for me. And the thing is, is, is even, and Vince, I want you to jump in here because I think that you, you could say, have, have much to say about this is sometimes the battle one doesn't actually feel like the battle one. It feels like loss. Mm -hmm. It feels like you have lost it all because of the repercussions on the backside of that. So to, to continue on with the story about the salon, we've lost everyone. You know, there, there's, there's two remaining, <laughs> the owner <laughs> and, 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 and the person that's been there the longest. And, um, and that feels like loss that feels like a, a, a loss of battle. And, um, and, but the truth is, is that we're in transition. We are in a space of transition where, where God is clearing the land completely. And we're not just talking about a local salon that's sitting on a single corner of our town. We're talking about God wanting to infiltrate the industry. It's mm -hmm. bigger than just a, a, a single place of beauty here in Junction City, Kansas. <clears throat> this is this is about him wanting to transform an entire global industry there. I mean, I, I don't know this for sure, but I'm sure I, I, I 
feel like there probably is a, a salon of sorts in, in every nation. <laughs> I mean, if there's not an established one, there are women doing women's hair, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and the thing is, it's like, yeah, God is wanting to infiltrate that industry. He's wanting to clear it out and, 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 and have his way in that industry. So Vince, I don't know how, what you would say to that, but the, the feeling of loss after the win. Yeah. Um, the, the, the pain of that can be extremely blinding and it can make you ask all sorts of, of negative questions that aren't going to lead you anywhere. Oh, come on. That's good. Um, they're going to, they're going to make you question why you're doing what it is you're doing. And that's, that's not helpful for you. It's not helpful for anyone around you. Um, you understand, uh, particularly in, in the spiritual realm in here, in, in pursuit of advancing the kingdom, we know uh, what it is we're doing when we said yes. God, God gave us that, you know, that call. And so we know what we said yes to. And the problem is, is in that pain, it can just be so blinding. It, it takes your focus off of everything and and you wind up seeing absolutely nothing ahead. And, and, and I've seen it before where uh, the loss in a battle can be so blinding to others that um, they want to just uh, end it all. They, they don't want to be around anymore because that pain is just so great. And, and it's, it's one of those times where the, the, uh, pursuit of Jesus, uh, is going to be difficult and being able to put on that mindset of being more than a conqueror, uh, remembering the place of victory that we start from it's, it, I know it sounds like really easy to say, but if you can't go back to, to the basics of, of your identity in Christ, then being able to get through that pain of loss, it's, it's probably going to be a long road. Yeah. And having personally been through uh, some of that pain and uh, experiencing loss, it's, it's difficult. It's, uh, it's something that's hard to grasp and uh, living through people taking their own lives because of that pain. Um, that's even, that's even more difficult. It's hard to understand that um, from someone who doesn't think that way, uh, who isn't trying to escape the pain in that manner. Yeah. Um, in, and wanting to get through that pain and, and, and get past it, the, the only way to do so is to run into the arms of Jesus and mm-hmm. and allow him to to heal those wounds. Because you're not just going to get past them. It's not just going to be something that, that magically disappears. Uh, it, it Just like a, a natural wound that, that needs to be healed. And um, we, we have all these, these things with... Uh, therapy and psychiatry that uh that say that they can help get through those but that's that's the long way around it that's the long road to it and and it's no guarantee where uh, i feel like we have a guarantee with christ come on 
I feel like we have a guarantee to be able to have those painful wounds of, of loss healed and, and whatever the loss is, um, they can be healed there. Hmm. That's so good. And, and I, I think that to, to think that there isn't going to be a sense of loss at the, the end of, of a, a hard battle. I mean, this has been a tough season. It's been a tough season for, for me. I, I'm not really good at not being liked. I'm just being honest. I, I enjoy being liked and I've been hated in the season and in the things that like the personal attacks against me, the, the slander against me is honestly so very against my nature. I mean, it's like the opposite of, of who I know myself to be. Uh, but then you've got God coming in on the backside going like, Angie, this isn't about you. You know, this, this is, this is about me. This is about the, the, the hate towards me. This is about how the enemy feels towards me and, and which totally reframes the whole thing. Right. Yeah. And um, has nothing to do about with, you know, me being unkind with me being inhospitable with, you, you know, whether or not I feel liked this is about, this is about the Lord. This is about how humanity feels toward him. And, and that should break our hearts. That should be the real sense of loss. But we are so insulated with me, 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 that we can't even see. We can't even see beyond it. Our, our ego is massive, mm -hmm. massive. But our hearts should be breaking at the condition of humanity, at yeah. God's creation, God's creation. I want to read something out of Habakkuk because I think that, that this gives us the, the appropriate posture, even in the, the, the sense of loss. And this is Habakkuk 3, starting in 17. <clears throat> though the fig tree does not bud and there is no fruit on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though the flocks disappear from the pen and there are no herds in the stalls, yet... I will celebrate in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord, my, the Lord, my Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like those of a deer and enables me to walk on mountain heights. And I just, I love this. I mean, Habakkuk is like, this feels like I've lost everything. It feels like there's no fruit to be found, but he's wise enough to know how to rightly occupy is by celebrating the name above all names. Can that be said of us in these, these spaces where it feels like intense loss that no matter what I will celebrate. We're not saying like holding on by a thread, like, Oh, I'm clinging to you, Lord. No, I'm celebrating do we know what celebration even looks like? Celebrating the name of the Lord in the middle of loss. Mm. He has cleared the land for a purpose. This isn't loss. This is about dominion. This is about establishing his throne. And I know you're sick of hearing it, but it's the praises of his people. Yes. that brings that establishment. It's the celebration of his name. Despite the feeling of loss despite not knowing where the next dollar is coming from. 
That's how we should be postured. Jump in, Pepper. You know, I feel like, Vince, you're ringing so many bells this morning, you know, so I just keep, every time you speak, it just throws stuff out at me. But you were talking about, you know, the pain of the win and, and going back to the victory. And my mind just went right to, you know, and the words that come out of our mouth and my mind just went right to Elijah when he had that battle with the false prophets of Jezebel. And what a great, I mean, he killed something like 300 of her false prophets and he did it. Well, God did it with, with such a dynamic show. You know, it's like, I'm not only going to consume the sacrifice. You just put it, drench it with water. <laughs> then I'm going to consider. And so the whole thing, I love the story because it's so dynamic. But then we see how uh, Elijah fails to go back to the victory when the enemy retaliates. And the first one of the things that comes out of his mouth is, I alone am left. There's nobody else. It's just me. And he retreats from this great, great battle that he's just won. And I never thought of it until you said it, Vince, but that is an example of the pain of the wind. And so when he was feeling the pain of the wind and he should have gone back to his place of victory, he got discouraged and said, I'm the only one. It's only me left. You know, when, like you said, Angie, we should be celebrating. I know easier said than done, but we, we should be celebrating because we went in already being the victors. And I love how I, I latched onto this and I claimed this as my own years ago when I heard Dr. Sharon say, throw your history at your destiny. Yeah. And so sometimes I'll purposely do that. I'll look at something dynamic and miraculous that God has done in my life. And I'll, I'll look at that and I'll think, how, how in the world did you get me through that, God? How did I get the victory over that? And then I'm able to say, my God can do it again. My yeah. God can do it again, you know? And so um, I love that, you know, the pain of the wind, because how often do we sit in that? Sometimes, you know, we don't want to sit in it because of our feelings, because we're so in our emotional realm and what we feel and the culture, the American culture is, if it feels good, do it. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it. And that encouragement of being always led by your feelings has infiltrated its way into the mind of Christ, which is the body of Christ. And so, like you were saying earlier, and you were saying, how did you put it? Um, oh, we want those encounters that bless. But what you explained with the salon, that is an encounter that blessed, you know. And another thing that um, I've been considering is that we talk about grace, grace, grace. And we've redefined grace in the same way we've redefined love. Because anything that looks like love and feels like love, we've been trained to call it love, 
you know. And so we've redefined grace so that when we feel like things are going the way we want them to and we're winning the battle, oh, God has been so gracious because he just plopped the head of Goliath on a silver platter and gave it to us. That's his grace. But what if God says, my grace in this season looks like you getting a strategy and picking up five smooth stones and taking the head of Goliath. Mm -hmm. Goliath, that is my grace for the battle. Grace isn't just to receive the gift. Sometimes grace empowers you to go get what God said is yours. Sometimes I'll give it to you that way and I'll just say, well, march around seven times and I'll take care of it. And then other times he says, you go into the land. You get the giant. You conquer it. That is my grace to you. Yeah. Hmm. That's good. I he, love, the, love the talk of celebration because this is the, the, uh, the time in this life we get to celebrate in, in the midst of pain. Uh, even when, you know, we, we look at the, the, the pain after victory, even if we can't define what that, that victory was supposed to be. I, I know in the war I was in, uh, uh, finding victory was, you know, identifying the next IED before it went off and hurt somebody, a uh, mm. soldier, civilian. And uh, so those those victories are, are hard to find. So it's it can be difficult if we don't go back to our starting place, and our place of victory. Uh, in Christ to be able to celebrate yeah. because it, in, in the natural defining victory is, is sometimes difficult. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's no one with their natural eyes that would look at the, the, the goings on at the salon and think, Oh, y'all are victorious. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look like that at all. You know, and, and, and we've, we've faltered in this where, you know, we've looked at it with, with our, our natural eyes and we're just like, oh my gosh, this is a hot mess, you know? And, and like, is there any way out of this kind of thing? Because, you know, we do that. And, um, but the, this is where, this is where his kindness comes in. Do you, you feel, do you think that it felt good to have the Lord saying, this isn't about you? Like, stop making this about you. This is about me. This is about how 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 people with sin issues feel in my presence. Mm. And, and even that is his kindness. He files that under his kindness, that, that he makes us feel a certain way in our lifestyle. And so if they, if they felt unwelcome, it's because that isn't welcome. In the presence of the Lord, you know, and, and we need to get used to this because his presence is increasing on the earth right now. And, wow. and, and it's going to feel and this is this is what Song of Songs lays out in, in, in chapter eight. It lays out the severity of love that for one, it feels extreme passion. It feels it feels like overwhelming, like you're everything. And for another, it feels like complete devastation. It feels like fire. It feels like, it, it, and for me, it's like the difference between what we are looking for in heaven and, and, and eternal damnation, honestly, because his love is that extreme. It is that extreme. It feels like unquenchable fire when we are in the wrong way. And it feels like overwhelming passion. Like, ah, I can't take any more. Like, turn your gaze from me. Right. 
go back and re-familiarize yourself with that. Song of Songs 8 is powerful, but that's what his presence is, is about. It's going to feel extreme one way or the other, depending on what you're wrapped up in. Mm-hmm. It, 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 when you're in the presence of the Lord, it's like, who could stand under this? Even if you are the most righteous, your feet are still touching the earth. You're still going to feel like, who could stand in this? And this is what this is what conjures up their question is like, who is this God who is mindful of me? Ah, a love like this. A love like this. That's all I can say. I don't even want to try and define it. Just that, that he is, I mean, like for me right now, I'm like, who is this God that he's mindful of a little salon in the middle of Kansas? <laughs> you know, I mean, don't you have bigger fish to fry? <laughs> <laughs> but he's the God who stoops low. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's the one who cares about every intricate detail of his creation because he's the mastermind behind it all. Mm-hmm. And if anything it is out of uh, out of line with his spoken word, he's coming in and he's tweaking it because it's who he is. It's what he does. It's just what he does. Mm. I'm just gonna pray. Can I just pray? Mm. I just I just want to commune. I want this is what I feel. I just feel the collision. Of, of our hearts with his this morning. Where he's like, uh, now you're getting it. It's about me. Jesus, it's about you. Yes. And right now we are inviting you to come and occupy every space of our being. And let it ring true within every crevice of who we are that it is about you. It's all about you. Every single moment of every single day, let it be about you. God, that we would be those who cause all things to collide with your presence and that we would not be quick to judge it. That we would just let it stand. Knowing that you are occupying land right now. And that we would not lean on our own understanding, on our own feelings on our own ego that we would allow Christ likeness to occupy our minds and be decisive on our behalf that we would point at you God that we would point at you and that we would be okay with the slander and with the accusations knowing that it's because you have touched down And that your holiness requires a response one way or the other. God, occupy our land. Occupy our land. It's not about our ideals. It's about your presence. Teach us to be vessels that release the purity 
of your holiness. Oh God, that we would fully surrender all that we are as ambassadors for your kingdom. That it wouldn't be about our way anymore, but it would be about you. Let down the train of your rope, God. Let us feel the impact of the increase of your government. Oh, God, let us understand your sovereignty. And teach us, Holy Spirit, to be those who don't judge by what our eyes see or based on what our ears hear. Ever leaning on you. You are so worthy to be praised. You are so worthy to be praised. Oh, Jesus, and I just feel led to thank you right now for the plunder. Yeah. I just thank you for the plunder. Before one, one piece of the plunder comes into view, I thank you for the plunder. I thank you for the treasure that the ground is going to give up. I thank you for the plunder, God. I thank you for the riches that have our names on it to do the work of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Oh, your name is to be blessed, Jesus. We bless your name right now. Bless you, Jesus. Bless we you. bless your name. Bless your holy name, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Bless your holy name. Oh, Jesus. I feel you all around me right now. Just that your sovereignty all around me. It's about you. any part of us that is standing in your way. Bow it low. Have your way. Oh, King of Kings, have your way. Yes, yes. On earth as it is in heaven. We love you. Amen. Angie, I just feel like, too, the Lord wants to say to us, because I was keying in on your prayer when we were talking about occupying, letting him occupy our minds. And I just feel like God is saying, because one of the words he's been saying to us is camouflage. Mm. And I feel like what he's pulling out of that word is that hiddenness, you know, because even in times of war, we need a refuge right in the middle of the battle. You still need to sleep. You still need to eat. You still need to. And so he cares about us having a refuge. He doesn't want us to be just so battle. He loves us. Yeah. So he wants us to camouflage ourselves. 
the refuge. What what does it say in Psalm 91? He that dwells in the secret place of the most high under the shadow of his wings. He wants us to find that camouflage of the word and that hiddenness in the mm -hmm. word so that he can give us a refuge. And, we, and he wants to build that fortress in our minds to mm -hmm. give us that refuge. He doesn't, mm -hmm. he's not doing it just so we can be all messed up and war torn. It's unto something. Yeah. But we'll have to find that hiddenness from our enemy in the word. They can't find us there. That's good. So good. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Hi, so good. He's thought of everything. He's thought of everything. All right. We should say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> We're late for our next adventure. <laughs> we'll be on in a moment. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Have a great Wednesday.